Welcome back to the Carp Chronicles podcast. In this episode, we answer your questions on all manner of topics such as winter fishing tactics, synergy within bait, and a whole load more. And of course, as per usual, we go off on many tangents. So if that is your kind of episode, this one is most definitely for you. I will forewarn you, I get pretty hammered drink the best part of a bottle of rum and go off on a few waffling tangents. So apologies about that in advance. Hopefully it makes for reasonable listening. I know some of you like it when I have a few too many drinks and just chat shit. So if that's your thing, this episode is for you. Before we jump into the show, of course, we are brought to you by carphuntergiveaways.co.uk. If you don't know by now, these guys do all manner of cool prize draws from bite alarms, bed chairs, bivvies, everything you can think of. And as the festive season is upon us, they're doing a very cool Christmas cash wheel where basically three people win a chance to spin the metaphorical wheel and win cash prizes. And I'm not talking about 20 or 50 pounds. I'm talking about big cash prizes. It's a bit of fun for Christmas. It's all in the spirit of the festive season. So if you'd like to get involved with that, please go ahead, visit carphuntergiveaways.co.uk to join in on the fun. Of course, we are also brought to you by our own little artisan bait company, which is called Bait Bros. You can check us out at baitbros.co.uk. We have very, very specialist products for sale on our website, and we have a new one called Ester Ace, which is a blend of esters and some other compounds. If you've heard about esters and you've wanted to give them a go in bait, and you should do, particularly in winter, this is a bit of a godsend. It's a very good way of getting a high blend of esters in the right ratios into your bait. So check that out. It's called Esterase, and it is available on our website, which is baitbros.co.uk. That is it for the intro. Let's jump into this episode. I hope you enjoy. You having a little tipple tonight, Pete, or are you teetotaling it again? Uh, teetotal, mate. You say again. I can't remember the last time I didn't have a drink on the podcast, to be fair. I don't think you've been drinking. In fact, we have had complaints. <laughs> have you seen these? <laughs> yeah, I have, yeah. We've, we've had complaints that we're not getting as drunk and as rowdy as we used to. Um, yeah. I'm drinking tonight. You're not drinking, no? No, no beers, mate. Nothing tonight. Well, I haven't got any beer because just watching my my beer intake at the minute. But I've got a Flor de Cana, probably pronouncing that wrong. Flor de Cana rum. Um, twelve years old, carbon neutral certified. Now, you're quite a rum man, aren't you? You're into your rums. I went for a phase, didn't I? We had a lot mm. of a lot of rum on the podcast for a while. Hmm. Yeah, carbon I, neutral rum, mate. I mean, that's like that's a that's a marketing ploy, if ever there was one. With this brand, I I was I went on their on their website just to kind of check them out, and yeah, they like apparently they this now sounds like an advert, doesn't it? This is not an advert, by the way. Um, but if you work for Florida Carner and you want to sponsor us, you're welcome to. But yeah, they basically they give their employees um, money towards school. And, and hospital bills, I think, which is really good, isn't it? Yeah, I, I guess so, mate. That's, that's 
I mean, most companies just like pay their employees and then the employees can spend the money on what they like. (laughs) Are you you suggesting they don't pay their employees very well? I think they've just fucking nailed you on the marketing and you think you're saving the planet and you're carbon neutral rum and you're giving some hospital treatment to some probably, yeah. Where's it? Where's it? um, Where's it come from? Um, South American or something. Yeah, something like that. Okay. It's probably quite a noble cause, mate. They're probably... <laughs> we started off with another court case coming our way. I know. It's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Uh, well, anyway, I'm on the rum tonight, um, and I'm pairing it up with a Fentiman's ginger beer, which is this, like, poncy ginger beer stuff. Um, I bought it. I was like, well, that's probably going to be healthier than just like, you know, Tesco's own ginger beer or whatever. But it's not. Read the ingredients. Again, again, I'm probably should shut up, but read the ingredients. Um, it's got glucose syrup in it, another type of sh- uh, just general sugar. Don't know what type it is. Uh, and then pear juice concentrate, another list of glucose syrup. It's basically just a load of crap, um, but it's dressed up as like a healthier type drink but anyway i've got that so ginger beer and rum um so you're not drinking that's a bit boring have you been fishing can you entertain us with a fishing story pete let me tell you my fishing tales mate no here's a short answer i haven't done a great deal of fishing uh last friday i was all geared up um my wife's a teacher in a classroom basically she was been having to isolate some of the kids had coronavirus um so she was isolating until she had a pcr test sort of come back which is a school's policy um still on a friday i was really happy that i could go fishing um and then along the short of it one one of my daughters like just threw up everywhere out of nowhere like emptied her stomach um so that delayed things mate which is a bit frustrating so I was going to get to the lake with plenty of time, um, plenty of daylight hours left, which is a novelty for me this time of year. And then by the time I got down to the lake, um, it was just so busy. Um, every, every swim really taken. I could have squeezed in between a couple of people, but it's just not really doing it for me. Um, after dark, realistically knowing I wouldn't have much of a chance of a bite, went to another lake thinking if I could, this is late. This is now lazy, mate. So I'm bummed out at this point. Now I'm like lazy. There's another so, lake. Sorry, mate. <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> you, you've gone to one lake and it was really busy. So you've moved on to another lake. To see if moved on to another lake. Right. Yeah. Shit. And I only would have fished the other lake. This is going to sound awful. If the swim basically near the car park would have been free. Oh, Peter. Um, well, I didn't have my barrow, mate. Cause the other lake, I don't need a barrow. Um, this one, you'd really need a barrow. And, it was busy as well at the car park end and I didn't want to lug all my gear in the in the dark knowing that I've got to be up at sort of seven half seven to come home again so there we are so you'd um, be up at seven or half seven would you not be awake by then anyway yeah but when you've got to pack down and it's wet and miserable and it just wasn't wasn't filling me with excitement mate wow it's interesting isn't it like if i'm on the bank i get up earlier than i would do if i was at home when i'm at home i get up pretty freaking early you do to be fair like there's regularly you'll sort of like send me a message pre 6 a.m yeah 
which I'm just amazed by because you never used to be that guy. No, but I like it because you get up early, you can get through stuff. No one's really bothering you, mm. um, except for a few other dickheads that get up early and do work. But it's just nice. I, I like getting up early. I feel like I'm, you know, well, I am. Get you get ahead. You can get you can get some jobs ticked off real quick before mm-hmm. other people even wake up. It just feels good. Yeah, very Casey Neistat. I like it. I have no idea who Casey Neistat is. Oh, oh is he's a photographer, isn't he? YouTuber, yeah. Yes. yes. I only know him because I like the... Um, what's that other YouTube channel that's really good? Uh, Peter McKinnon. Okay. You checked him out? I've seen stuff, mate. I know I've heard the name. I, no, I should do. Tommy out. Bish loves Peter McKinnon. He's a bit okay. of a fanboy. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, back to the story. Did you go fishing or not? You didn't go fishing, basically. No, I went home with my tail between my legs right. and sulked about it. I've sulked all week, to be honest. Um, mm. I'm going to try try my luck tomorrow night, but if the lake's busy, I'll just be going straight home again. Yeah, I can't remember the last podcast that we did, um, that we aired. We've recorded a few podcasts. Well, we recorded a few that we've taken down. But we recorded another few as well um, that will be part of this this mega episode, this like marathon 10 hour episode that I'm, I want to do, or we want to do, pretty much I want to do. I'm making Pete do it, if I'm being honest. Um, so we've recorded for that, but since we last actually published an episode, it was the drunk episode, wasn't it? Well, we did actually get quite drunk, um, despite people thinking we saying we haven't really been getting drunk. I have been fishing since then. I can't remember. I don't think anything amazingly exciting's happened um, since then. Um, I haven't fished for a few weeks, certainly, um, but I have been baiting up. It's that time of year, isn't it, when, you know, it's sort of, excuse me, I'm burping this um, ginger beer up, which actually is really nice after I've just shat all over it. It's actually a very nice drink. <laughs> ginger beer is really tasty. Um, yeah, it's the time of year. It's just like, I want to keep the bait going in the water. Um, I know I bait up all year round, but I think winter... Like little and often baiting, um, it just really kind of really pays off. So yeah, I'm baiting up four times a week, keeping in touch with the water from from visiting it, um, which is just I mean, it's a 45 minute drive, hour and a half round trip. It's quite a commitment to do that four times a week. Um, that it, that it, sorry, mate, just for <clears throat> my understanding, this this isn't your syndicate water, no? Is this a one of your club ticket? No, no, it's not. It's a different water. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a different one. Uh, no, it is a syndicate. It's not. It's it's not the Oxfordshire syndicate though. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a different one. Um, just yeah, it's somewhere I've just got I've got a ticket for, um, and I just fancy doing a little bit there over winter. To be honest, it's it's not like low stock or anything like that. I believe there's a couple of hundred fish in there, um, so decent stock level. Um. How big are we talking? 30 acres. Oh, okay. So it's a fair size. Decent size, yeah. About about 200 carp in there, they think. But I think a lot of those are sort of smaller fish. Um, so it's by no means a, a typical low stock water, um, which is why I sort of want to have a little bit of a bash. It's going to be better odds of, of, of that, of catching in winter. Although, again, I mean, you know, it's it's on paper. It's not really what you would choose for a winter campaign. Um, it really isn't actually. Um, it's very weedy. It's 
deep in places it's going to be hard to locate the fish um so it's not great but at the same time there's 200 odd carp in 30 acres so decent level of stock so yeah i'm giving that a bash and yeah it's just um i've just been baiting that up and sort of letting letting my spot develop um before i i fish it i always think it doesn't matter what time of the year is if you you're baiting up you're getting a spot going if you start fishing it too soon then you're gonna catch fish sure but you're not gonna get the most out of that spot so i think sometimes it pays just to hold back a little bit which is hard to do at this time of year because it is getting colder by the day um and obviously that you know chances of, of catching them are, are getting less and less as the water gets colder and colder but still i've held off um i think next week i'm gonna swoop in for the kill after i don't know i think probably five weeks no six seven probably nearly seven weeks actually um of baiting it regularly so yeah hopefully something transpires actually no <clears throat> six weeks six weeks of baiting i shall keep uh, you posted well mate i've got a few questions now what are you baiting with still um, autumn and it's not got black holes yet have you had many frosts mate we've had a couple down here now this week we're having frosts every morning yeah okay <clears throat> yeah this week's the first week we've had a couple of frosts two days in a row nothing again this morning it's been reasonably mild mate today's sort of been i don't know six seven eight degrees i guess yeah it's it is mild up here as well um but it's always a little bit milder in cornwall in the winter isn't it mm. um but yeah no it's still mild. but we've had frost for a couple of weeks now uh more so in the last you know same as you sort of 10 days um uh, but what have I been baiting up with? Um, in the early weeks of it, I was using up some of um, some of my R1, which is Kenny Gates bait, uh, which is a fish meal, quite high levels of fish meal in it, uh, and squid meal as well, um, and some other bits, obviously. Uh, so yeah, I was sort of finishing off my load of that and splicing in my, um, my winter bait, which is uh, another one of Kenny Gates baits. Um, which is his red spicy bird food type bait. Um, but yeah, now I've sort of like switched it over to the, the, the red bird food. Now all the other stuff is gone. So I'm just baiting up with that, mate, to be honest. Mm. No particle. No, no particle. No. Oh, fair play, mate. No You're investing in that water. You're spending some money there. It's got to be done, mate. Yeah. I'll tell you what, the last few winters, I mean, last winter we didn't fish a great deal, did we, with lockdowns, etc. Yeah. Um, but, God, I get beaten up in the winter, mate, on these deep, I'm just used to so, just fishing deep pits, not really sort of doing a baiting campaign or anything, just like doing overnighters, etc. Um, I really want to find just a, like an easy sort of relatively sort of well-stacked stocks water. I'm sick of fishing pits with fucking deep sides. <laughs> margin fishing dropped to 40 foot um yeah. i need to find somewhere different it's, it's those old cornish pits isn't it mm. um a lot of them are very deep but i mean the thing is in winter those kind of pit if you could sort of give in to yourself and start to fish zigs i can't do it but if you can i think you know there's there's some good fish to be had there isn't there um, yeah the, the trouble is, is that there's rules so sort of um negating that uh, adjustable zigs anyway so you'd have to fish like a quite a long 
fix Zig, which is obviously isn't going to happen. There was a certain little syndicate, that which, which we won't name, that was a bit of a drive from your house. If you, you were going to join that, have you made any headway with that since we spoke? No, mate, no. No, no well, after the last sort of few podcasts and stuff, I've just, yeah, I've just, I don't know, had a little bit of a fishing break, to be honest. Fair enough. Well, I tell you what, um, now we've caught up with basically nothing. Um, we've got <laughs> quite a few questions. I put a little post on Instagram. Uh, it said that we were recording a Sam and Pete episode. We got quite a few questions. I think it's probably going to take us quite a while to answer these, and we're going to no doubt go off on some tangents. So shall we jump in and get started? Original Carp Hunter has asked us to cover base mix recipes, attractors, and additives. Oof, that's like that's a lot of content there to go through. Mm. Uh, base mix recipes. We need to do this, and I've said this in reply to several messages. We get loads of messages about, you know, can you have a look at this base mix? Can you recommend a base mix um, recipe for us? We need to do an episode where we come up with a recipe or we just give everyone one of our old recipes. Um, we need to do that. I don't think this is the episode, but we do need to do that, don't we? Have like a bit of a podcast recipe. We really do. We really do. The trouble is, is both of us or neither of us roll feed bait anymore, do we? Not feed bait, and we very much specialize in hook baits and getting the most out of them. And it is, honestly, it's a totally different game. It really, really is. Mm. I would not formulate a feed bait the same way that I would formulate a hook bait because it has to do a very different job. Now, obviously, I'm, you know, I'm an advocate of using the same bait that you're using as feed baits as well when the, when the scenario arises for it. Um, but I think the real magic lies in just creating that hook bait, which is fed on with with more <clears throat> enthusiasm than than the free offerings. But anyway, that's just like a separate chat. Um, but yeah, we need to do this episode. We really, really do. Um, the other part of his questions was, you know, to cover attractors and additives again. Like this, like huge. Where do you start? Um, tough one. But I feel like we should answer it in some way, shape, or form. Well, it's very open-ended, isn't it? So I'll tell you what, I'll tell you where my head is at uh, regarding sort of feed bait, for example, if I was to roll my own. Um, this last year I've sort of really used like the, the, the llama dust and I don't want to sort of make this a sales pitch. But do you know what I want to do? And I really, really want to do this. And this is, uh, I, I don't know, I've just got faith in this. I would love to just make a basic a billy basic semo soya bird food bait with like 20 percent llama in maybe a little bit of liver powder yeah that's I mean, it that is it and just fish with the most basic boily well the, the thing is the llama dust isn't basic at all um how dare you fucking say that <laughs> <laughs> true i suppose there's a lot going on there's a lot going on in that but i know I think what you it mean could do well i think it would do really well just a simple base mix of nothing else um what would i use for sort of like liquids and things honestly i would just i spoke about it a few times on the podcast and i've seen it now uh recently it's been all over the internet and well, all over different bait threads and things like this this year i've spent a lot of time fermenting garlic and honey raw honey um and i would use that as the only liquid in the bait as well wow yeah fair enough 
Fair mm. enough. I mean, we 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 test all of our flavors and additives and things um, with a very basic soya semo mix because obviously we want it to be very very bland. Um, that llama dust get, just is just in a world of its own. I mean, you can just add a little bit of water to it, make it into a paste, and carp will eat that. And, and you know they will stuff themselves full of it even like that but obviously when you kind of like dilute it in effect by putting it with other ingredients it still works phenomenally well um it's just one of those one of those things that we discovered and played with and refined and added other things and tried some things that didn't work as well and then we'd add something else in that worked even better and it was like it's been such a such a big find of ours isn't it we're like we're obviously very very proud of it and it's lovely reading all these messages of, of the people doing really well on it um but that being said it is just an additive it is just an ingredient um i think realistically as good as it could catch with just in a soyo semi mix if you're feeding that bait on mass I think you need to be adding something else in there to, to to a give back to the carp nutritionally. The llama dust is actually very nutritional. Um, there is quite a lot of minerals and, and vitamins in there, and amino acids, which are great for the carp, um, and some other compounds as well. But I think realistically, you you should be giving a little bit more of a well-rounded nutritional package to carp if you're feeding it on mass. I'm not saying you have to go, you know, quote quote HNV. Well, I think there's, you know, you'd you'd do well to add a little bit more substance in there. In my opinion, just my opinion. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> again, this is just where my head's at, mate. This is just where I'm. Uh, just tickles my fancy, mate. We, we what just, I want to do. This is it was yeah. all part of ba- making bait. I would take. This is where I'm a little bit different, really. I would just take great pleasure in catching fish off flat bait. That's See, what I winter. want to do next year. That's what I want mm. to do. See, winter, I think I said this on the last Sam and Pete episode. Winter, yeah, soya, semo, good quality milk powder, maybe a little bit of bird food. I would just have that, feed very little of it, and then do some kind of magic <laughs> or try and do some magic with the flavor end and the additives. Um, you know. I'd probably, I won't just, I'm not just going to name our products that I would use because it it just sounds like an advert. But yeah, like that, absolutely. But I think if we're talking about a boiler that we're going to feed all year round, that's just me. Would you not want to just drop like a a high quality milk in there or a bit of pre-digested fish meal, something like that? Something a little bit more soluble in there? Yeah. Yeah, well... The, the liver powder, mate. So there's a few sort of uh, liver hydro powders I'd be interested in. So obviously they're quite soluble. Um, Hydrolyzed liver powder? Yeah. What type? Yeah, okay. Not beef liver. It's just like chicken. Yeah, well, it's, beef liver is real hard to come by. Um, I've got a sneaky feeling it's going to become more readily available. Yeah, you can get beef liver powder, but it's not hydrolyzed. Yeah, I've seen one floating around online, mate. Um, at the moment I'll, I'll, yeah I don't know if it's sort of um, meant to be discreet or not so I'll show oh. you afterwards if you like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah no it's definitely something a little bit soluble see this is a thing as well though because this just like gets me yeah obviously mate, all my baits and we have many many bait chats I get as much soluble stuff in there as, 
as I can. Short session angling, my baits fall off the hair quite often within eight hours. Mm. Um, it's just how I sort of design baits for my short session angling now. But like, I don't know. Again, talking about llama dust, mate. It's not overly soluble. No. But I just got confidence in it. Here's the thing, right? So, so when you look at a soluble ingredient, generally you're looking at its soluble properties for its functionality within the base mix, how it's gonna, how it's gonna perform within the mix of ingredients to make up the feed bait, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you got a ball of paste, uh, if you literally just got some of that llama dust, for example, added some water in, dropped it into a cup. You're going to get some clouding and some stuff coming off of it, but it's not just going to break down and be all soluble. Um, you know, if, if you compare that to, say, I don't know, something that's highly soluble, it's going to be worlds apart. But yeah, it doesn't mean that it's not, that it doesn't have solubility. It doesn't mean that there aren't things coming off which attract carp, because I guarantee if you have a, a, a tank of carp or a pond of carp, I'm lucky enough to have both. You you tr- you put that in there and try and hide it from them or try and mm-hmm. make it so they don't know it. Like there's no way you can do that. No, no exactly. Way. exactly. So while solubility is obviously very very important, I think sometimes we can get hung up on it. Um, and perhaps I'm to be honest, perhaps I'm more when I'm saying this, I've probably got pace baits more in mind than other baits. Um, don't get me wrong, I think soluble ingredients in pace baits is awesome. It's very very good. But as I've just said, you don't you don't need to have you know what you'd think of as very soluble ingredients on the paste bait to be attractive. You just don't. You uh, see, I find with with the dust. You see, I wouldn't want to use it at high levels in a buoy this time of year because I just feel it locks in. The, it just locks up the yeah. bait. If that makes sense. Because the ferry has got huge fat content. Yeah. Very greasy. Like I've been I've rolled baits of it with um I don't know up to twenty percent. Um. Yeah, and it's incredibly oily, like incredibly. Yeah, um, yeah it is. And you speak to Jason Ryder, for example, who's been <laughs> on a few times, and he's sold at the moment on sort of fats in winter, isn't he? Yeah, he'd use that. <laughs> he would use it. But so so let's say you wouldn't use it at 20% in winter, right? I wouldn't either, to be honest with you. I'm playing devil's advocate by saying maybe we're wrong in that because... Well, let's let's take it from this stance. Why wouldn't you use it at twenty percent in winter? Because I feel it, this is the thing you see. Because I feel it locks up the bait, and that's just right. in my head. Since yeah. we've, mate, honestly, since doing this podcast and speaking to so many different people, it's um, yeah, my I just don't know what's right and what's wrong anymore. Well, <laughs> it make... just opens everything up, doesn't it? People have got such wonderfully varying opinions, um, and. I mean, I just think most things work. You've just got to have a little bit of confidence in your application I mean, when you do you, it. You let the, you like Dean said, you let the carp tell you, you know. But mm. it, as I said before, if you make make a pasteball out of water and the llama dust, you know that that's mostly in it is soluble, but it's it's not a very soluble bit of paste. But yet those carp will find that like that, and they will find it absolutely freaking delicious. <laughs> like it, it, it's insane i, I um, told you about my stuff so how is that at 20 let me just finish dude it, at 20 percent, it's not really locking up the attraction is it because even at a hundred percent it's extremely attractive exactly even in cold I, water. I, I completely understand 
I just I completely understand. Mm. Um, yeah, um, and I'm this. I'm again. I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm the same as you. I wouldn't use it that high um, in the winter. And then the other flip side is I don't think carp should be consuming high amounts of fat in the winter either. Mm. I really don't. Um, I'll tell you what, mate. What are your pond fish doing at the minute? How are they behaving? Mm. They've slowed down somewhat compared to you know a month ago. Um, they're still eating several times a day. We we feed them. Um, they're still active. They're still feeding with gusto, depending on what I put in. Um, like obviously, hopefully, it goes without saying. I'm not constantly testing like different things on my fish. I let them have a normal diet as well, um, or should I say, a staple diet? Um, but yeah, still eating lots, still pooping lots, still active, mate. Hmm. you and katie still um <clears throat> like rolling your own feed for them and stuff to be honest no i'm we mostly give them a staple diet um so we give them some floating food which is high levels of wheat germ in it and, and there's lots of other it's a complete food um as well as that i feed them kenny gates receptor red spice the r1 um and then the other stuff they eat is all of the test stuff um, that I'm putting together, which is usually, unless, <clears throat> unless I'm testing something in a paste, it's usually on a soya semo um, base mix, and then the other additive or flavor, or whatever it might be, added onto it. Um, obviously, I feel that's the best best way to test things. Um, but yeah, they're mm-hmm. still eating lots. I mean, it, it it's so I've got I've also got um, uh, an inside tank. Obviously, I'm feeding that still more than... It's interesting to see the gap move further and further apart because when you've got pond fish, obviously, you know they're slowing up. But you know, I've noticed it more this year because I've had tank a tank inside as well, if you see what I mean. You start kind of see that gap of how much they're eating increase. Um, so, yeah, they're definitely eating less, but they're still eating regularly. Um, and they're still eating with, with some you know, a decent amount of enthusiasm. Yeah. How's your quarantine fish? Fine. Yeah. So I had a fish that unfortunately was a little bit poorly, um, doing really well, thriving, really healthy, vibrant, um, all issues gone. It was bleeding into its fins. All of the blood's gone now. Um, it's all vibrant. It's yeah. It's colors have come back. It's as active as it should be. And yeah, it's doing great. Doing really, really good. Yeah, good. Something we've spoken about in the past, that is, isn't it? Um, maybe for, for Bait Bros releasing something in a completely sort of non-for-profit sense, but... Oh, yeah. Well, you've tasked me with putting my thoughts down, didn't you? Yeah, how's that going? I actually, li- I actually listened to you for once, and I really have. <laughs> well, we've spoken about it, you've spoken about it on the podcast, haven't you? sort of like the stress that the fish is under and what they would naturally sort of look for for their body to recover from the stress etc so we were looking to maybe put something together as a bait additive not necessarily as an attractant but for something that would be purely nutritional and help the fish from a from an immune level um how, how's that sort of coming together mate we've got a few ingredients that we had penciled down anyway yeah and and some of them are in other things um the llama dust and and an upcoming product as well <clears throat> um 
how's it come along? It's it's complex. I'll be honest with you, it's really complex because it's not like you're working off of one kind of part of it. It's not like you're just working on a flavor being really attractive, or um, you, you know, you're not just working on um, even a pop up. Right, it has to do several things, doesn't it? But <clears throat> whether it's because I'm not used to doing it or whether it is because it is actually just much more complex, I'm struggling to get an amalgamation, like a mix of lots of different ingredients that will all do different things and complement without certain things working against other areas, if that makes sense. Yeah, and in, um, in, like each ingredient can do something in their own right, but to actually put them in one product, you're never going to get a ratio correct. That's, that sort of yeah, thing. that's what I mean, and it, and it might affect something else adversely, you know? Yeah. Um, be a real nice thing to do, wouldn't it? Just a little bit of... Yeah, cool. well, I would... This is the the other problem is I'd want it to be perfect. I'm a bit of a perfectionist anyway. Um, or naturally I am, but I really try work not to be. Um, so... That's the other thing. I would want it to be like really tip top, and I just think it's going to take a hell of a lot of work, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm willing to do it. Good, good thing to do. And and that might be one product that might change over time, because it's not like we've been playing with a flavor and we've like everything that we do. Like we have many different permutations of it, right? So we'll get we'll, we'll try it with something else. Then we'll try it with this. We'll, and obviously, it's all theorized, kind of like looks good on paper, so to speak. But you never really know until you put it into that flavor or that powder or whatever it is and try it. Um, it's going to be harder with this. And I think that's another reason why it's so freaking hard is because we're not going to have that direct feedback of whether it's doing the carp good or not. Now, obviously, there's, you know, generic papers out. Well, not generic. Generic's not the right word, but there's papers out there on carp nutrition and what they need and things like that. But really, you need to piece a lot of the puzzles together to figure out what they need. And also, you need to figure out what they likely coming across in their environment. Um, this is the other thing. If something's, if a certain nutrient is very important to them, but they're getting shitloads of it in pretty much every lake in the country, there's no point adding that into the product, is there? Um so it's just, yeah, it's going to take more work. And it's not like you can put it into a bait, feed it to the carp, and then it's like got this amazing response. Because it's not an attractive thing or it's, it's not a taste-enhancing thing. It's for their health, which is harder to quantify, isn't it? Um, really, you're never going to know. Unless you can control all variables, water quality, etc., and you're blood testing the carp and measuring their all sorts of different biometric measures. You're never going to know. So it's just going to take a lot of work to get it to get our best, our best idea of what that supplement would look like. If that makes sense. Yeah. But it's yeah, very man. exciting. Great thing to do, like you say. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's cool. Um, <clears throat> so going back to the question, uh, we had base mix recipes. We've sort of spoken about my Billy basic ideas that I just want to play around with. Well, we haven't really. <laughs> what no. <you> said. <laughs> demo, put, put a bit of milk in there. <laughs> that's, that's not a recipe. Like, yeah, please no. don't think that's what we're suggesting. <laughs> no. This uh, is the trouble, mate. I've got so boring with it. I love the idea of simplicity. Let me let me let me ask you a question, right? Go let's on. just say, let's just try and answer this question somewhat without going on too long. So we've got a lot of questions to get through. Let's say you were going to build just a kind of what what I would call and what you would call a basic fish meal, right? 
just a basic fish meal, which is probably very similar to a lot of other fish meals out there, but it's good nutritional quality. What you're going to have, you're probably going to have 25, 30% LT94 fish meal, yeah. right? Yep. You're probably going to have somewhere between 8 and 10% pre-digested fish meal. Yep. Probably going to have a bird food in there. Yep. Probably going to have a bit of sem- uh, soyo and sema in there as well, to aid roll in. Yeah, chuck yeah. 5% WPC80 in there. Yeah, maybe a little bit more WPC80 as well. Yeah, exactly. And then what? Probably, look, this is what everyone does, so I'm not necessarily suggesting this. Then you'd probably want um, a little bit of uh, yeast in there, brewer's yeast, or if you want to be a bit more modern, brocacel. Yeah? Like, that. that's pretty much how most of these things are made, aren't they? Yeah. How, how many people do you think roll their own fish meal and around about 30 to 40% of that mix consists of LT94 and CPSP, pre, pre-digested fish meal. Probably most people's 30 yeah. to 40% of the mix is comprised of those two ingredients, right? And then they've probably got a bird food in there as well. And they've probably got some yeast. So like, if you, and there's nothing wrong with that. Guess what? A lot of people probably, maybe I'm wrong, I don't know, but I would imagine a lot of people's mixes kind of look like that. It's for good reason. It works well. It, it, you know, it's it pretty much accounting for all of the amino acid requirements of the carp. Um, it's very attractive. It works well in a boilie. Um, so there's good reason why everyone uses it. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but I, feel, I mean, am I wrong? Is, is that not what most people do for a fish meal? I think that's what most, <clears throat> most of the guys who... If you put that question to a lot of the guys who listen to this podcast, they would agree with you 100%. Yeah. And I think that very sort of, I would consider that now a very basic recipe, wouldn't you? Very basic, yeah. And it's a fantastic recipe as well. It's going to catch fish all day long. And I think that is probably more nutritionally better and a better quality sort of bait than a lot of commercial companies would do nowadays. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, like you say, I mean, it's not cheap. Fish meals get more and more expensive. Mm. Yeah, well, let, let, I think we need to move on just because there's a lot of questions to answer, uh, answer. But let me ask you a question. Let's flip it around slightly. Um, let me go back to this question. Base mix recipes, attractors and additives. Okay, Pete, how about this? Um, choose one base mix ingredient, kind of powdered ingredient, one attractor and one additive that you would find it hard to make a bait without something that you'd really want to use i know it's going to depend on the time of year and what kind of bait but just let's yeah. just roll with it oh mate it'd just be like a bird food i don't know some cl emp mate i love emp so you'd have a bird food in pretty much any bait you rolled yeah pretty much yeah you like emp okay mm. an attractor is this powdered liquid don't know it doesn't say it can be anything <laughs> well, i'll tell you what mate i've I'm just answer it literally in treat all right honey i'm into my honey right now that as an attractor yeah okay as an attractor you'd call that an additive then i'm guessing by your tone of voice well i don't know mate this is mate, i think it's, it's a like blurred a it's a very blurred attractors and additives a similar sort of thing yeah i think not really because our upcoming product is is more of a um taste type product We'll leave it there. Okay. Yeah. Um, rather than an attraction. 
you know yeah it's working more off the gustatory response of the car um but i mean honey yeah I, it's working off gustatory yeah it's working off attraction as well of course i mean it's got um it's got fructose and glucose in there which are both attractive to carbs so yeah i get what you mean mate i get what you mean um so that would be your attractor with it honey um what about additives um oh mate i don't know you put me on the spot my f- i know what you Probably. actually use it would be it would be llama dust but again oh no let's pick <laughs> something else you see i'll tell you what i've been using now a, a liquid attractor i guess i would call this you could call it i don't know if it's an attractor or an additive mate i think they're the same thing um but this year i've been using uh beta stim from bath anyway oh have you is that yeah. is that because of what um callum said in his podcast episode with us no 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 no. no, I've been using it cool. for say this year. Last year, I've been using it in my hook baits, pop ups, and stuff. Um, and like, you can use it as a soak afterwards. I don't think it's overpowered. Yeah, I don't know if you listened to the episode, but I asked him what he feels his most underrated product is, and he said beats him. <clears throat> he sung its praises. Ah, yeah, he gave me a bottle as well. Did he? Yeah, it's fucking hell! I had to buy mine, mate. Did you? Bastard. I don't think he likes you, that's why. <laughs> Not when he do. Mate, he's saying some stuff. Mm. Won't repeat it on here. Yeah, I didn't get invited up there. No, no. That was actually their specific, like they specified that. Yeah, I know, I know. They were like, we'll do the interview, but we'll just as long as Pete doesn't come up. Yeah. So. I'll be on the scrounge. Mm. Yeah. Um, cool, right. Now that we've slated my character, mate. Um, Next question. Do you want me to go for it? Yeah, it is from James Benstead. If you could pick flavor and essential oil hook bait combo for all seasons. Oh, man. That's, it's a good question. I like it. But that's a tough one. That's like, if I could pick one flavor and essential oil hook bait combo for all seasons. I know what it is. I know what my choice is. What about you, Pete? I'll let you go first. No, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'll go first then. This this is where I struggle because I very rarely would use one for all seasons. I know. I know. Tough call. Exactly what I was going to say. It is a tough call. I'll tell you right now what it would be. And again, this just sounds outrageous. Sounds like I'm just naming my own product. But I would pick the Strawbomo. And and let me tell you why, right? We're... We release stuff, not just to release... Like, we're releasing things that we think are really freaking good. That we think are missing from the marketplace. So, I know on one hand you could listen to this and be like, bloody hell, it's just like, just trying to sell their shit. We're not. Um, we're really not. Um, but that's what I would pick, and I'll tell you why. Um, and there's a little blurb on this on the website, I'm sure. I put that kind of combination together because I feel it will tick so many boxes... Um, it's, it's the only flavor that's had an EA and a oil base. In fact, I think it's the only mixed base flavor on sale ever, I think. Someone can correct me on that, but I'm pretty sure not. Anyway, if not that, I'm damn sure no one's put an EA with an oil base flavor. You're going to get a very prolonged attraction from that. Um, so it's going to be active for many, many hours. Obviously, the oil-based flavor, um, which has got a lot of essential oils in, even before we add in extra bergamot, which is a very specific type of bergamot, which I'll add, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, that's going to leak out a lot slower from the bait. 
Um, not as slow as just pure oil would, because obviously there's a lot of different compounds on top of that. Um, there's esters in that flavor, um, or that component, that part of the flavor. Um, there's there's lots in that flavor. It's going to have a very slow leak off, um, and it's going to be very, very efficient. It's also going to be very, very good in silt. It's going to punch through the silt, some people would say. Um, or some people would say it would repel the silt. Um, so, you know, sometimes baits can, like, really take on the silty kind of smell. Um, I don't think it matters too much, to be honest. I don't think it matters as much as some people believe. But I think it's still a factor. Um, and if you use that flavor, that will overcome that very, very efficiently. Um, so, yeah, it's going to have a long window of attraction. It's going to be attractive on all substrates. And it is very, very freaking good in the summer. Very, very, very good in the winter as well. I just, I don't know, it just tick a lot of boxes for me. So, for me, I would use Strawbomo. If I wanted to go somewhere else and I didn't want to buy from Bait Bros, baitbros.co.uk, I would go and I would do a similar thing. I would get an EA-based flavor, which are very rare, uh, which is why we do a lot of EA flavors, and I'd mix it with an oil-based flavor. Um, I really, really would. Maybe I'd put a touch of uh, PG in there as well, um, but I probably not. Um, and then an essential oil on top. Essential oil-wise, if I was to pick one essential oil... Um, as I say, we use Bergamo. Uh, we use doTERRA Bergamo, which is hideously expensive. We use that in the Strawbermo. If I was just to pick one essential oil... I know what mine would be. Mine would... Damn, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> I don't know if I could... I think it would be cinnamon leaf for Ooh. me. That's something I've used for so many years as well. Um, but yeah, cinnamon leaf essential oil if I had to pick one but I wouldn't really want to but yeah cinnamon leaf essential oil for me and then I blend that up with a um, EA flavor and then a slower slower releasing flavor such as an oil based flavor fractionated coconut oil would be a great base for it what about you Pete I've so, waffled on and bored the shit out of everyone <clears throat> for me mate um, I thought about the essential oil so an essential oil I'd use all year round basically with confidence for me that'd be black pepper mate really mm, yeah definitely i just wouldn't why i think it's great it's in one of our flavors obviously um <laughs> stop it <laughs> go on carry on <laughs> i didn't even think about that until you said <laughs> yeah it sounds awful doesn't it yeah. yeah, I was basically saying I obviously I don't think it's super shit otherwise I wouldn't have put it in one of our flavours that we developed um, but yeah no I just wouldn't I think it's probably I think black pepper oil is a little bit overrated and overused <clears throat> no. ask John Baker what he thinks about black pepper oil yeah yeah he'll he'll, he'll, uh, he'll preach to you yeah okay so I've got a lot of confidence in black pepper oil uh, used it for a number of years it's a go-to for me um, so yeah I'd use that all year round happily so then to pick a flavour with that I would just go for a Scopex or a dairy cream something along those lines condensed yeah. milk nice creamy black pepper bait if I was to use a flavour essential oil combo for all seasons that'd be me done I've actually just knocked up some pop-ups mate uh, with our creamy A, some <laughs> God fuck, um, some clove oil and black pepper. 
Yeah. Classic. Which, which, funnily enough, is similar-ish to another one of our flavors, isn't it? Uh, which isn't on an EA base. But yeah, it, it, there's something about the black pepper and, and the, the creamy flavors, the lactones, that it does work well together. I, I agree with you. I know what you mean. Mm. And this is the this is the this is the thing. Like Pete would go with a very different combo from what I would go with. Um, it's like n- neither one of us is wrong or right. Like. If we were still fishing together, I'm sure we'd both, you know, catch roughly the same still. Um, it's just personal preference, you know. So if we just expand the question, I know we're going to, this is where we waffle and waffle on, mate. So if we were just to expand on that a little bit. Um, so if you could pick a flavour essential oil end for um, like the, the warmer months and the colder months, what would you do for the warmer? What would you do for the colder? Well, this is where I'm going to show that I'm a bit of a slave to fashion, but I think this is probably due to confidence. But in the summer and spring, I would go more towards animal-based flavors um, with a bit of a fruity back note, personally. Um, So I'm not going to name our flavors because it just sounds like an advert, but I would actually use our flavors even if they weren't mine. Um, let's just say I want to use someone else's for spring and summer I would use something like John Baker's crab and a touch of his plum in the back there oh nice Um, yeah that would be my choice I'd also yeah I'm a fan of Esther's uh, particularly in the colder months but I think spring yeah Esther's still an absolute winner Um, so I'd, I'd probably put some Esther's in there as well um essential oil wise on top of that i mean that that's a combo that would work well with a lot of different um essential oils um i think for me i would probably go with the cinnamon leaf for that Hmm. so for me spring summer crayfish firmador i think it's a brilliant flavor um I'd happily use that, combine it with a garlic EO. Uh, in winter time, we spoke about it loads of times. But I'd use my, my black currant and tutti combination. And if I had to put in it, I know you, you laugh at me for this, but I've used it a lot in the winter and I've used old ass oil um, yeah. to complement that combo as well. It's a golden oldie. It, it, it works, well. mate. It works. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Cool. Right. Next question. Do you want me to read it? From JH13. Go for it. Winter tips and tactics. Would be interested to hear about your the best captures slash campaigns you've both had. Yeah. A lot of it's about bait for me. Pete just mentioned his favourite winter combo. Um which we which we now produce and that's what I'm using this winter on my own hook baits to be honest mate um, and as I well I have touched on it I suppose yeah with the baiting up I think baiting up is absolutely crucial I think you want to keep you want to keep that water churning over in winter in the colder months like if there's nothing going like those carp will sit in a dead weed bed and do absolutely nothing but it almost seems like if you keep them feeding you know right from the off as it gets colder like 
they're like there's almost like like it seems like there's that glimmer for them like oh i'll get out of bed just to go and eat that i guess like that's how i think of it in my head um but i think it's so important to keep the bait going in in the winter it's got to be the right kind of bait you know don't feed them the wrong type of stuff um my preference is fairly low protein higher carbohydrate um and sort of lowish fat content in the winter um do you want to give your uh, opinions on that kind of side of it and then we'll talk about our best captures slash com- campaigns in the winter um yeah i i don't know like you say i've mentioned my sort of like my, my little pop-up combo um tactics like you say if you can keep bait going in then you're on to a winner especially if you can hold fish in a certain area i think you're on to a winner um i th- really think the more i uh the older i get uh, and my fishing time is sparse i really think actually selecting a water that's suitable for your angling yes. in the winter months is so key yeah. um, you want to get to a lake which you want to fish you want to catch some fish you you know i certainly do now um i've not caught a huge number of fish the last few years so actually if i want to go fishing in the winter now i want to catch a few fish um so I think picking your water is key. Getting somewhere that you're going to be motivated to fish. You're going to, you know, get there at dark. You're happy to set up. That sort of thing. Um, one of the other quite oh, no, we'll move on to it in a bit, but yeah, motivation. Um, so if you can pick the right water, you're motivated to be there. Massively important. Yeah, I'll flip it though. Like you said, you're saying about getting there dark and you know doing all that sort of stuff. Last winter, well, we couldn't do nights, could we, for a good part of it? But last winter, I got a winter ticket on a very well-known lake um, that's done very big fish in the past. And, yeah, I just did I did two nights on it. The rest was just very short day sessions. Um, and I actually did all right. Did pretty good. A lot of people, like, don't catch on winter, and, and I managed to get quite, like, a few out. So I don't think you need to like be, you know, if you're struggling um, to be putting in the nights, putting in the hours, I don't think you necessarily need to. I think you can, if you get things right and you know, it tends to be in winter, there's a very short uh, feeding spell. Now, if that's in the hours of darkness, then yeah, you got to do the night. If that's in hours of daylight, you don't need to do the night, but you need to know when those feeding spells are in my experience. Um, and annoyingly they tend to change like they will change across the course of the winter um and yes of course the only real way to know is to be fishing 20 24 hours and then you kind of get an idea don't you if you've got everything right um but i think once you do establish oh okay like this is the time where i'm most likely to get the bite you can just rock up for a few hours have one out and then bugger off back to the pub or or you know into the warm home like I've done that quite a lot, and to be honest, I kind of foresee this winter's angling for me going exactly the same. Um, so I don't think it's always a case of like you finish work and it's freaking dark, you've got to set up in the dark and it's all misery. You know, I don't think it has to be like that. I think put in the work, figure out when bite time is, and then capitalize on that. That's the only thing I'd, I'd add to that. Sound, sound advice, mate. Yeah, that was a good little like talk of winter campaigns. You almost campaigned it. That lake last winter, didn't you? I did. Yeah, you I did. certainly. You know, turning up, breaking the ice to bait up, and all yeah. sorts, weren't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah, you got to put the work in. I mean, these. I used to fish a lot. I used to do quite a few nights when I was down in Cornwall fishing with you, wouldn't I, Pete? Mm. Well, I wasn't fishing with you a lot of the time, but we used to fish the same waters. Um, and I used to do a lot more time then than I do now. I do very minimal time now, which I, I think it's even more important for me to make the effort to go and bait up or just walk around, see if I can see anything. Um, but yeah, last winter I didn't bait it as much as I wanted to um, because I couldn't for, for one reason or the other. Um, I couldn't fish it as much as I wanted to for one reason or the other. But yeah, it was it was a winter campaign nonetheless. Didn't go exactly how I'd want to in terms of my time spent on the banks, COVID and things like that. But yeah, I got the result I, I wanted, to be honest with you. I, you know, I had had a, a few of them out. It went by f like better than I could ever expected, given the amount of limited time I had on there. But I wouldn't say it was like my best winter campaign. Far from it, mate. Far from it. Mm. No. Like when I hear that question, the th I'm sure I've had more impressive sounding experiences and stuff but the one that stands out to me that i guess i'm the most proud of in winter as a winter capture is the target fish that i was after at the pads lake um, yeah you see was that winter lot, was it that was dead of winter mate brassic okay. yeah um i'll send you the photo later if you want it was a long time ago. It was a fucking long time ago, so it's hard to remember. But yeah, it was. And a lot of that was because, um, again, it comes back to bait. I um, I caught it on the fruit specials, which I, I worked really hard on that. You know, it wasn't that... What do most people do making a hook bait? Well, you choose a couple of flavors you like the sound of, maybe an essential oil, maybe some powdered avatars, maybe an amino acid, maybe a bit of betaine, citric acid, bang it together, and that's that. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not meaning to sound like a dickhead when I say that, but like I really thought these hook baits out, which I called fruit specials or fruit aminos, I called them actually. Um, and yeah, it just worked. This fish, I really wanted it, really, really wanted it. I'd caught, like, I actually did very well on that lake, but I somehow couldn't catch this fish. Um, probably took me... 10 months to catch it, Pete, something like that, which isn't terrible, I suppose. Do you know what? I actually think it's longer than that. I oh, think no. Spent... No, sorry. It was a year and 10 months. Way off there. We mm. fished that place for two years, didn't we? Pretty much, mate. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. No, yes, hideous. I remember now. This was 15 years ago, maybe, something like that. Um, yeah, a year and 10 months it took me to catch that fish long time do you know what i don't think i have fished and put as much time and effort into a lake i probably because i've got rose tinted glasses here as much as i did with that place you definitely have you what? reckon i don't no. think i have mate i was into that place you did love it to be fair but you yeah i think you have yeah maybe 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 that was home. That was the home of fishing for a long time. You say we were sort of, sort of young, young men, weren't we? Sort of like idiots. Um, just had some good times on there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And as well, I'm getting too too deep here, but um, yeah, I went through a lot of like personal struggles in my life whilst I was fishing there. Um, and in a way, it like got me through a lot. 
if that makes sense. I know that sounds probably really odd and and, yeah. and soppy to a, a lot of people listening. Uh, to flip that as well, it was probably the root of some of your issues as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, a lot of time spent fishing. I spent a lot of time there, but I was like, in a way, I think, um, oh man, I was like, actually really getting to me. I don't know. But this is not the right chat to be having on the podcast, but I'll just say it because I've, I've started. I think a lot of time when we, you know, spend a lot of time fishing, we'll like really throw everything into it. Certainly for me anyway, it's like really what I'm doing there is sometimes it is certainly in the past, not now because I'm kind of grown up, but running away from things. And I think you look at some of these historical anglers that have just caught so well in certain areas and they've just like seemed to be on top of everything the rest of their life is probably falling to shit you know partially because of all the time they're spending and probably partially they're spending so much time fishing because the rest of their life is not a great place to be and certainly for me for a long time the rest of my life was not a good place to be so my fishing life was a bit of a sanctuary from that um do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I do, mate. I really do. I really do. It's part of me. It just wants to like laugh and be like this therapy with Sam and Pete. To anyone listening, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's, it's got quite heavy. Mm. Um, but now, mate, no. Like we spoke about this this lake many times on the podcast, and I think that's. I think fishing there, mate, really sort of cemented our our friendship, didn't it? Really, our relationship. I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Um, that place was the reason that I named my daughter Lily because of mm. all the lilies. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's like, mad, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's mad when you think of stuff like that. Yeah, I always tell her that, and she's like, "Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're a freak." Doesn't get it. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it, Lily? Yeah, <laughs> maybe when she's older. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, great memories. Anyway, I've gone off on a tangent. I feel I'm getting all morbid. I think yeah, almost, should we almost getting tearful over here? Fucking all <laughs> shit we, together. Should we change? Should we change it back or change the question? Yeah, on? yeah. You ready? So throwback carp, who's a long-term listener and supporter of the podcast. I'm right in saying that, aren't I? That name crops up a lot. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So the drive to go winter fishing. About mm-hmm. twelve miles, forty-five yeah. minutes, mate. Um, yeah, the drive to go winter fishing. Good question. Like for me, this year it's a bit different because this this thirty odd acre lake, um, it's not got any carp in. That there's some lovely fish in there. Lovely, lovely fish. Very different from from the norm. But there's nothing in there that I would like set my stall out for. Nothing in there that I'd be like. You know, I'm fishing here until I catch that one. So there's there's no real targets in there. Um, so harder to get motivation in f- from a water like that compared to um, a different water. Like like I mentioned on on the last answer to the last question. Like if there's a water I'm fishing in the winter and it's like I'm after that specific fish. Like in many ways, I'm more motivated in the winter because. You know, it's what's that saying? Uh, like the, I can't remember the saying. Um, but basically, if you catch your target in the winter, like that's pretty much 
the the biggest achievement you could get, right? I mean, when is it in? I'm talking about the dead of winter, the the balls of winter, you know, not not freaking like end of November. That's not winter. You know, I'm talking January. Something. If you catch your target fish in January, like that's tough going. You catch it in spring. No, it's spring, isn't it? You know, do you know what I'm trying to say? It's like it's a lot easier, isn't it? So I'm driven by that. I'm driven by that that fish, thinking that could be on my mat. You know, I could be holding that fish, admiring that fish in the dead of winter. Um, what an achievement that would be. So that, that's that's where I get my drive from. I think this guy, I might be wrong. Apologies if I've got this wrong. I think he fishes huge, great expanses of water in Canada. Um, and he probably doesn't have target fish because it's a different type of carp fishing over there. So for, for that kind of scenario, I don't know. Um, it, harder to find that motivation. Yeah, for sure, it is. Um, another thing that I'd be motivated by is a snow pick with a carp. I've caught carp on days where it's snowed, but very mildly, bearing in mind I've done most of my carp fishing in Cornwall and it doesn't really snow there. Um, but that would be a motivator to me. Like if I got up tomorrow, or wow, let's just say in two months' time, and there was loads of snow outside, I, and it was a fishing day, I would be very freaking enthusiastic to go fishing because I, I would love a, a, a shot of a carp in the snow. I'd love that. Um, you got any thoughts on that, mate? Yeah, snow carp, I think, is was definitely one of the things I'd like to tick off my list trouble is down here when it it doesn't snow like you say and when it does snow you're fucking snowed in um the infrastructure down here is crap i don't know if cornwall's got many road gritters but everything seems to stop when it snows so you can't get anywhere um i've got a lake though um that (laughs) it sounds ridiculous um it's a little bit of a drive um it's full of some really beautiful pretty little fish it's quite shallow um and I've often thought, like, when I get the opportunity, when, when I get some snowy weather, that's the place I'd go to try and get my snow carp picture. Uh, so that's quite cool. I've got a little, I've got a little plan in mind, I guess. Yeah. Um, Can you say where it is or not? Uh, mate, it's a little day ticket. It's a little farm. It's a farm pond, mate. Do I know? Um, no, no, you don't. No. Don't. Um, and it's, it's, it's otted, mate. Um, it's certainly otters on there, and it has been for a lot of years. From sort of why gather talking to people um and this is just talking to people who would ref- like refute that there was ever otters there if that makes sense um but there's always sort of like blames of like the polish or whatever fish kills and fish have been missing from this lake for years and years and it gets restocked and that sort of thing but there's lots of really old little scaly fish in there um some of them a little bit beaten up with a bit of otter damage but there's some really beautiful fish in there so that's where i'd go uh, for my snow pick. It's out towards Saltash kind of way. Yeah. Um, okay. In the county still. So yeah, that's what I'd like to do. I think the drive to go winter fishing, I think nowadays as I get older, I like the idea of a little bit of comfort. A little bit of comfort on the bank. Mm. Last time I went fishing, the weather was absolutely atrocious and I took my bivy instead of my brolly and it was just nice like it was cold you know how it is when it's just full of condensation in a brolly like your bed chairs all touching the sides your pillow soaking wet and uh, just taking the bivy actually was a nice touch plenty of space i think i'll probably uh 
sort of go for a little bit of comfort this year as I get older. You see, you're a hardcore brolly angler, aren't you, mate? I haven't owned a bivy, you know, for a very long time. Mm. No, brolly snob, mate. You you sort of look at people with bivvies and you think, like, you feel a little bit sorry for them. No. Not <laughs> Why would I feel sorry for them? That's <laughs> just how your head works. <laughs> You're just like, oh, bivy angler. No, uh, I mean, it's... Look, if you know. see someone with a ground sheet, that goes through your head, doesn't it? Straight away. Can't have women without men. True, true. <laughs> Um, so yeah, a little bit of comfort. So like you're saying that you're not going to do many nights. You don't think this winter? Do you think maybe if you had a little bit of comfort, if it wasn't so sort of grim? I mean, you've got the smallest brolly known to man, and you're not the smallest guy. Um, do you think like a little bit of comfort? You'd be a bit more sort of tempted to do a couple of nights. Not at all. No. 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 no I just I like the fact that brollies are just easy, quick, simple to put up. Yeah, I really do. Um, yeah. It's like, I don't have any problems with bivvies for people that are listening. Um, I just, the, like, at the moment, I would literally do a very short session. Um, maybe, you know, 24 hours would be the longest sort of thing. Um, I just don't think a bivvy would warrant it. And would I want one? No, not really. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not all like, oh, Mr. Hardcore. I'm not out in winter in a freaking summer bag sleeping bag i've got a winter sleeping bag um i've got base layers on i'm dressed up i'm sensible now you know wh when i was younger it was just like i don't know how i did it for a start but i just like, i would go out fishing in winter in like <clears throat> not appropriate clothing and be absolutely fine but yeah i'm older i'm softer so i'm definitely um definitely prepared for the winter months in fact i think Last winter, we were talking about onesies and we had all that revelation, didn't we? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Which we shared with our listeners. Um, but yeah, and I still do that. Yeah, I take I take the warmth seriously in the winter. But no, I, I like day sessions in the winter. Um, and, and on the river as well um, for, for different species other than carp. I love, you know, getting all my winter clothing on and, and going out, walking the river, looking for some spots. Um like that's really really cool and exciting uh same as on a lake you know I, I like doing day sessions in the winter and just being out in the cold crisp air um in the same respect i love doing the nights again the cold crisp night air in winter is you know really it's a, it's a beautiful thing you know sat outside your brolly and just sort of listening to the very few sounds of the winter night air everything seems to be even that bit quieter in winter doesn't it and i absolutely love it and everything's just crisp the air's crisp you know you can feel it entering and leaving your lungs i love all that stuff um so no i wouldn't do more nights if i had a bivy um don't feel it's warranted mate for my type of fishing if i was going to do a week then yeah i guess a bivy would make sense but i'm not doing like short sessions well, I'll tell you what, wouldn't you feel more confident in doing day sessions through the winter than you would a quick overnighter? Depends on the water. Mm, but yeah. 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 Can you remember, mate, little memory lane? Um, we spent a little bit of time on Black Rock down south. Can you remember that? Yeah, probably shouldn't have named it, but yes, I do. 
and can you remember I came down to see you one time and it was cold like real cold and uh, you tuck yourself away it was one of those lakes I... oh Pete lost you yeah muted hang on I'm back so sorry yeah it's one of those lakes probably shouldn't have been there I guess um, you tucked yourself away sort of around a corner you had to wade didn't we to get around to the swim you had to wade um, to the waist <laughs> to get round a part of the lake where you wouldn't be seen. Yeah, yeah it was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember going to see you, mate, and you had were not equipped for the cold at all. Uh, you looked ill. Um, you know, your five-litre water bottle was just completely frozen solid. <laughs> um, I think I'd come down with a kettle and some gas because you didn't have any. You didn't even have, like, a kettle or anything with you. <laughs> well, not to suffer brew. Uh I don't remember it at all. <laughs> oh, do you not? No, no. You yeah, you didn't have anything. Um, you just because you travelled light, obviously. <laughs> it's a mission to get round there. You you had your crate of beer, mate. Your crate of beer was right. <laughs> but no yeah, I did, mate. But it was in my sleeping bag, so it didn't freeze as well. <laughs> Probably. No, I don't uh, remember that, mate. But it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. I was a bit haphazard, wasn't I, when I was younger? Yeah, I mean, I was sketchy. I was, like, breaking the ice on my waders <laughs> trying to like, get around here. Yeah. Uh, good times. Yeah, good times. It's like, it's, it, it, don't you think it's those hard times that, well, obviously I don't I don't remember a lot of things, but it's those hard times that you remember with the fondest kind of memory, aren't they, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like when it's out, it's real. T- oh, in the um, that Facebook group, which is called um, Old School Carp Society. I don't like Facebook groups. I don't really like Facebook. That's actually a very good group full of some real cool old school stuff. Uh, I think it was... Someone put a winter pickup the other day of, you know, dead of winter, snow and stuff. And it's like, you're going to remember those days, those nights, those sessions over... You know, one's in spring, summer, autumn. You know, I just think you are. Mm. And it's like when you're all real cold and you're warm, you're huddling around your stove and, you know, it's like it, it, those are the kind of memories. Whilst at the time it might feel unpleasant, that's what you're going to remember fondly, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Frost on the sleeping bag, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, lovely. Lovely. Cool. Next okay. question. Um, so Cheeky Dinks. Uh, he's a Cornish chap, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, I believe he's been messaging on Instagram. It's a chap, I think. I think it's a, a lad called Joe or Joey, uh, who I've met a few times. Liquids in cold water. I think liquids in cold water are important. I like the idea of having a lot of attraction and not a lot of food in the winter months. Um, so you're left with just a hook bait. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it depends on how he's talking about using them. Uh, if it's like liquids in, you know, in with your eggs with a base mix or whether it's liquids purely in the swim. Um, what does the question say? Liquids in cold water. That's it. I'm going to say liquids in the swim. Liquids in the swim, yeah. Well, I mean, you've... I've shared my uh, super soaker trick before, haven't I? Mm. <laughs> Which got, like, divided opinion. Um a lot of people thought it was genius. Some people thought it was stupid. Honestly, freaking works very well. Um, but yeah, if you can release liquids into the water column any time of the year, it's a great move. It's a good thing to do. 
in terms of choosing the right liquid in winter, which I'm guessing is his like his question really. Um, yeah, you want to get the right ones. I mean, obviously, oil-based ones are not gonna behave fantastically um, in the winter. Although there's caveats to that. Again, I mentioned flavors in the winter. Oil-based, they can actually work very, very well. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think it's always a good uh, a good method. Um, I think winter when the carp are just not gonna eat as much. If you can get that kind of attraction in the water column in the form of liquids, and then have a you know your bait near it, great tactic. You know fish singles, but fish singles with a load of liquid dispersed in the water around them. All of a sudden, that's got the attraction of a bed of bait, but there's no bait there other than your hook bait. I think that's a fantastic move. So yeah, absolutely. How you do that and how you deploy that is going to be water dependent. Um, what do you think on that, mate? Yeah, I, I, I think I like the idea of it. I like the idea, like you say, of a lot of attraction in the water and not a lot of feed. So the one thing they're gonna, you know, we know that they don't sort of feed as much in the winter, in the cooler months. So yeah, I think it ties in very well with winter fishing. Um, it's the Mark Holmes canister trick. I was uh, just gonna say, to someone mind. told me <clears throat> that Mark Holmes does some kind of thing where he has liquids leaking off over a period of time do you you know what that is or yeah i think we spoke about it i've got a real thing sort of last winter i remember i was on the bank we did a podcast got asked a similar question i think we spoke about liquids um and i actually couldn't remember mark holmes names one of the metley guests sort of uh, the guests one of the listeners messaged in uh, with his name it's mark holmes but what he's spoken about in the past is like a, almost like a jerry can or something that you could fill fill with liquid, drill holes in it, and then you can put it into the lake and let the liquid sort of spill out over time. Right. Um, yeah, something along those lines. Cool. Um, yeah, that's, that's it really, mate. The next... Oh, no. Okay, so Weedy Waters has messaged in. Um, winter bait additives. I'll tell you what. Why don't you answer that whilst I go for a piss? Yeah, tough one to answer because I feel like we've we've covered it. Well, okay, um, put it this way. <clears throat> what what are the top three additives that you would say if you were to your boss at work would say, look, take take the winter off work. I want you to go and experiment with um, catching. I want you to catch a load of carp, right? What three bait additives? Or ingredients, whatever, would you want to be using in winter? You answer that, I'll go for a piss, and I'll rejoin when I come back. Three bait additives. Okay, so, uh, first of all, uh, a liquid. So, I mean, we've spoken about liquids. So, last winter, I used um, a lot of condensed milk. Uh, and I mix condensed milk with um what did i mix it with i can't even remember mate i was using the orange essential oil because i was quite into that last winter and i mixed it with condensed milk which is really thick and i thinned it out with something which i can't remember what i was using and <laughs> i caught quite a few fish with that i might have just been using some lake water to thin it out um and i think i used some of the beta stim as well 
Um, in fact, it was the beta stim that I used to to thin it out. And I think it's good. It clouds up the water. Um, I use that on a few sort of day ticket runs, water fisheries. Uh, did fairly well. Um, and I just mix it up with some... Okay, uh, I was actually using Jason Ryder's wasp bait at the time, which I was just grinding up um, into next to nothing. So it was just basically powder form and using a liquid additive uh, for there. Three liquid additives would I use. Um, so I've mentioned two, any sort of um, hydro. I think hydros have their place. Um, and CSL. I'd probably go for CSL, to be honest, over a hydro uh, in the winter months. Um, so that's free liquid additives. I don't know if Sam has returned. Literally just sat down, but the question wasn't liquid Boom. additives. It's just winter bait additives. Doesn't have to be liquid. Okay. Um, winter bait additives, mate. Mate, I'm very much. Uh, I just change my baiting approach completely. So I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if I would. The additives I use are, are very similar. Mm. Fair enough, mate. It's, it's, it's a difficult one. I, just, I feel like we, uh, we <clears throat> cover it all the time, and I just repeating old ground. I've got nothing new to add to the party, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's easy one for me to answer. I think, um, like, I, so I read it as like things that I would use exclusively in winter, like really, really want to look, use in winter over other things. Um, for me, essential oil wise, I've said this earlier, so again, broken record, but cinnamon leaf essential oil. Um, I think as far as essential oil goes, that is tip-top in wintertime. I really, really do. I think it's very, very good. Get a good quality one. Spend a bit of money on it. Cinnamon leaf essential oil is definitely one of them. The other, strongly, cannot stress this enough, esters. Esters are great all year round. Really, really important, in my opinion. Um, but phenomenal in wintertime. So I definitely use esters as well. Um, and I will mention Why? it. Why? Because their ability mm. to transcend through the water column and and switch carp on into a, a, a feeding mode, I think, honestly, I think is is hard to to beat. Is that so? It's, it's purely because of their sort of more suited to cold water than warmer weather. I think well, no, they're they're very well suited to warm weather. I just think less is suitable in winter than in summer, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not particularly that they react with cold water and act more favorably. It's just that they aren't really hampered by the cold water compared to many other additives that we use, ingredients that we use. And I think, to be honest, the same can be said for um most most ingredients and additives that we deem as as really good in winter it's not necessarily that they react with cold water or the state of the carp better it's more of the fact that they don't deteriorate in the cold water does that make sense that they still do their job and perform in the cold water esters are one of those um i mean obviously we like just brought out our product esterase which is a blend of esters uh, and I am going to mention it because, like, people might... I think that product's going to go down very well because a lot of people have heard of esters or perhaps, you know, people that are, like, really into the in-depth bait side of things, they've heard of esters. 
um, don't really know how to use them, don't know what ratios and blends to use because it can be a minefield and you can end up making something uh, not very attractive. Um, but yeah, blends of esters in, in winter, absolutely phenomenal, um, which again is why we brought out Esterase. Um, so yeah, for me, cinnamon leaf essential oil, Esterase, um, and then to pick a third difficult but something that would add um like a visual stimulus like a visual cue to the cart would be good i think um their eyesight is definitely hampered in winter um but i still think that's like a, a valid thing so i like bright baits in winter basically that's what i'm saying um Fuck, I could probably name loads of other stuff, but I think those are the big things. Like, if I think about what I'm doing in the winter, I'm using a bright hook bait, I'm using esters, and, you know, sometimes I'd be using cinnamon leaf essential oil. Hmm. Not always. I think those are like the big, big three for me, personally. Yeah. No, you did a lot better job answering it than me. I think we covered a lot of that in our drunk episode, mate. I've got flashbacks, not that I've re-listened to it, and I can't really remember a lot of the discussion, but I know we spoke about a winter baiting approach, certainly. Yeah, fuck, yeah. Um, well. But, I mean, it's a, it's a time of year, isn't it? Yeah. What I notice is earlier and earlier every year, sort of all the topic of discussion, it's almost like September arrives and people are sort of switching on to <laughs> winter topics straight away, aren't they? Yeah, they're thinking ahead, maybe. Mm. So the next question's from Nikki Beak. Um, and I like this question. I think we can have a good chat about this. Um, DMPT, application, pre or post cooking. Now, DMPT is something I should have used more. I feel it's something that um, I've wanted to explore a lot more of, especially over the last few years. Uh, but I found myself, especially this year, doing a fair bit of product testing uh, for bits and pieces for us. And I've not really explored it as much as I'd like. Um, things I'd like to, I guess, explore with it are using it um, in hook baits that may be higher than the sort of uh, suggested use rates. Uh, and another thing I've used it for is uh, I've been using it in my liquids this year. Um particularly I've been using DMPT and I cannot remember off the top of my head I want to say it's something like half a gram per 100 mil something like that I can't remember that might be very wrong um, I've got it written down uh, and I've been using it with the squid brand fish sauce mix 50-50 with some CSL uh, and I like it yeah it, it's i mean obviously it's worth pointing out it's not to be used in feed baits um it's just for hook baits only yeah absolutely i wouldn't be using that in a liquid for... yeah. yeah anyway people do mate let's be honest yeah do they? yeah there's a few things mate i think i was only um oh god i guess we need to be careful but this is an observation i'm probably gonna uh <laughs> i'm probably gonna check it out um for example cc moore's um lactose b milk plus sort of stimulant you know the one i mean the palatant powder maybe yeah i'm pretty sure that's to be used in lures hook baits only mm. i'm sure i saw it on the website it's just something when you're browsing through i could have that very wrong i should read up on it before i open my mouth to slander um <laughs> um 
disclaimer right there. But I'm pretty sure uh, that that's a similar sort of thing. And I think people would use that in feed baits as well. Yeah, yeah, sure. What's the question though? DMPT application, pre or post cooking? Pre or post cooking? Okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's. Yeah, I. The thing is, I think it's one of those things. It's very easy to overdo it. There's, I've heard about a very well-known angler using it, um, like you know, in a solution added to hook baits at seemingly very high levels. Um, and apparently, you know, someone has tested that, and like they own a bait firm. This is someone I'm, I'm friends with, by the way, so it's not like hearsay, and, and they've given it out to people, and it's worked well. But for me, I'm like, I'm wary of using it in too high levels, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, is I that because it, of its rep of a repellent nature to fish, or because yeah, of an ethical standpoint? No, overload. No, 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 no. I not ethical. No, 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 no. I don't think it's like that good. Um, I think it's good. I think it has a lot of scope for, for for playing with. But I think if you're just so you know soaking it on baits afterwards, I think you could overdo it. Um, so yeah, I, I put it. I use it if I use it in hook baits, which I don't really, to be honest. Um, but I would I would add it before boiling. I mean, you're boiling not mega hot temperatures. Um, yeah, I think it's stable to like over a hundred degrees off the top of my head. My might be slightly wrong on that. Might even be more than that. Um, See, I thought, I thought it was unstable at such high temperatures. Don't think so. No, just an inkling, mate. An inkling. I don't know a lot about it. Like I said, it's something I find intriguing. But I, I mean, yeah, I think its melting point is way over a hundred degrees. But obviously, um, chemical changes can happen way before melting. Whilst you've been saying that, mate, I've just been, uh, I've actually loaded up the CC More website. So the lactose concentrate B plus is what it is. Um, yeah, it does say, does say to be used for hook baits only. Um, quite interested, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I've used that in uh, boilies in the past. You're a bad man, Pete. Yeah, I, I don't know if it came with that sort of disclaimer at the time. Might well have, and I didn't realise. Um, but yeah, there we are. Cool. Where are we at? We're moving on. Next question. Jerk Sned Karen feed baits. <laughs> what did Jerk do to Karen? Say that again. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He, just, he wants to know about feed baits, so. What's his name? Jerk. Jerk Sned Karen. Okay. Is he Swedish, or is it like a play on words? I don't know, mate. I don't know. It's his handle. Leave him alone. You got anything? Nothing on feed baits? Good old fish meal. Stonking fish meal. That's for me. Pete, you're more of a bird food and milk protein type guy, aren't you? Yeah. I've not used a bird food milk protein type bait this year. I've been on a fish meal. Um, but I do, mate. It's, if you know, if I had a, to, to pick a bait to to do all seasons and to fish with for the rest of my life I probably would for no other reason than it's just it would just make me happier than fucking having a stinky old horrible fish meal <laughs> that's so weird I, yeah I love it I love the smell of a good fish meal <laughs> I really do mm. yeah is it that you like you you've done I mean because you you've actually created 
people probably don't get this from from listening to us but you've actually created a lot of baits in in your time and a lot of those have been very different from the norm you've used animal proteins like chicken poultry etc mm-hmm. um but you've always generally you've shied away from fish meals haven't you is that just because you want it to be very different from what anyone else is doing i kind of know that's the, the case but is yeah. that your driver for it or what like what 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 is what's behind all that mate i just i think with a lot of things i do i just like to be a little bit different from the crowd mm. and it's not because i want to stand out i just i don't know i've never i i just yeah never i like to be a little bit different from the crowd mate you, do you, my let's own be thing. honest you have a real problem conforming in any way shape or form as well don't you? <laughs> i think so yeah you got like a real attitude problem if, if i'm being <laughs> honest mate yeah i don't like any sort of uh that's why i'm into my cryptocurrency and stuff i just like a bit of decentralization yeah you get more, the people more and more like that as you get older though like i really I am. notice it yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah. You, you get yeah you're quite bitter about quite a few things aren't you <laughs> i guess it's turning into therapy again <laughs> no, it's, um, it's an observation yeah yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'm. Yeah, maybe, maybe. You are. You are. I'm just a bit of a, I'm a, a round peg trying to get in a square hole kind of thing, or a square peg trying to get in a round hole. I think that's what it boils down to, mate. You're pretty square. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take it. Um, what is the? Question? No. no. What is the mate? I'm just letting you know the rums have kicked in, so I'm, I'm getting the vibe. Go on. <laughs> Yeah, what what do you think the best bait is? Feed bait, not hook bait. The best feed bait you've ever created. What is it? Real good. Well, I know what you're going to say as well, by the way. Oh, okay, go on. Yeah. No, 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 you go on. Probably my old sort of um, chocolate malt sort of nut bait, mate. Yeah. 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 That's what I'd go with. Was that the one that that you gave me and I fed to my fish and it was like they went nuts on it? And... No, it wasn't actually. I was a different bait. Well, I should say I say my fish. Back then, it was my parents. Yeah, you were desperate for the recipe of that. Inflicted on them. Yeah, <laughs> you were desperate for the recipe of that. The irony is, I didn't catch many fish on it. I moved on quite quickly from that one. Did you? Yeah. Mm. Why? You were so proud of that. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I was actually using. Um, started ex- using um, calcium chloride then. I think that's when I started experimenting with that at very low levels. How long ago was that? Oh, dude, I don't know. Ten years. More than that. Hmm. Before you moved away, wasn't it? But. Before I moved away, my my I had some carp, I had a a carp at my parents' house in their pond, and some other fish. And yeah, they really liked that bait, didn't they? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Gone. Your greatest bait creation. Feed bait. I don't know. Really don't know. No, I've made some good feed baits, but I think, mate, if I'm honest, I've always. I would say I've always been more of a hook bait guy. No, you were rolling shitloads of feed bait back in the day. 
Lots. Mate, I remember like all kinds of like different stuff. I remember we made a, like a real garlicky one at one time. Um, your liver bait, a real dark one. Can you remember that? No. You won't remember any of this, do you? No, I don't remember all that, mate. I really don't. I really don't. <laughs> hook ridiculous. baits. I, I remember the hook baits more so than the feed baits, which is why I'm like, yeah. By the way, to people that don't know me, this would be like, what? He doesn't remember. Like, it just sounds so weird to people. But people that knew us from back then, knew me from back then, are fishing with with us. They'd be like, yeah, fucking Sam. You know, I was I was a very different person when I was younger than I am now. Um, yeah, no, I the thought old Sam I'd... Beer Monster just comes out on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always I have kind of always felt like I really find hook baits fascinating. I find bait fascinating. Don't get me wrong, but like hook baits just seems different. There's a different level to it, right? Do you know what the first talking of the first bait I ever rolled um, was? It's funny you say that, like sort of like with meat meals and stuff. So the first bait I ever rolled. So this is a little bit different, isn't it? A little bit wacky, and God knows why I did it, mate. It was poultry meal. I remember I ordered it. I think it must have been. I can't remember who I ordered it from. Actually, I want to say AA Bates, but I don't think it would have been AA Bates. It was before AA Bates. Poultry meal and. Um, had some powdered garlic in there, fenugreek, and I think like marmite or something, and then probably some semon soya, whatever. Weird, weird first bait to roll. Hmm. You use poultry meal at several points, though, haven't you? I think so. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. No, not really. Just early on, mate. Early, early on, and I would roll that bait again now. Yeah, I remember your your. It was quite oily, wasn't it? Your poultry bait. Nope, that was the nut bait. It was the nut bait, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking. I'm useless. Just, no point asking me about this old stuff. It really ain't. Yeah, let's really um. Let's, should we get, get back into the questions? Go for it. Go on. Um. Oh, mate. So. This is from Wade Upton, 1980. Hormones again. Eye emoji, crying face emoji. Yeah, I, I'm sure we will talk about hormones at a later date, but um, I think some people, some people got kind of misaccused and, and things like that. And I think uh, perhaps we don't want to add fire to, 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 these, to these people that are probably wrongly accused. Um, so yeah, I think we're, we're swerving it for now. Um, I will say, though, I think these hormones are being used by carp anglers, not necessarily named anglers. I um, think we just move on, mate. We did, we've already done this podcast. <laughs> and we deleted it. Gone. That's it. Why mention it, then? Like It's just... a question. I'm going through the questions. Yeah, why mention it if you don't want to talk about it? <laughs> Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I just said that. Okay. Yeah, I just think we've, uh, we've, we're just repeating our ground, aren't we? No, because we've deleted those old grounds. Ah. Yeah, fine. Just, 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 we'll edit all of that out and just ignore that question and ask a different one. <laughs> okay, well, mate. You sound like a dickhead. <laughs> cool. All right. Next question from Tom.sip. Methods of flavouring plastic hook baits. No, I don't really use plastic hook baits ever nowadays. Oh, unfortunately, um, I do. Yeah, well, you've got cray problems, haven't you? 
cray 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 problems yeah cray cray e flavoring them these days yeah again i'm going to revert back to esters <clears throat> you can overdo it uh, you really can you can overcook the whole flavoring process same as in a, a pop-up you know you can make that too strong a flavor in my opinion i know some people would disagree with me um same with plastics you know if you're just soaking them in a neat flavor you need the right kind of flavor to do that with otherwise it's just going to be way too strong and when the, that carp gets near taking it in its mouth it's just going to turn away and not take it in its mouth and obviously you're not going to get the hook hold because it's too overpowering um, but yeah absolutely i would i would flavor plastics um, you can use things like hydrolysates but they don't really penetrate the plastic too efficiently um, essential oils can work well depending on the essential oil <clears throat> if you wanted to just use an essential oil i would recommend the um sweet orange essential oil that we've spoken about before um i know when dean was on we were speaking about oils for life um but doTERRA actually do a very good quality orange essential oil it's very expensive unfortunately but that's a very good one or the oils for life one is good as well used to use is it hinders beetling back in the day beetling black the black current favored beetling i used to use for soaking in plastics See, I thought that was a newer thing, Beetle in Black. That's quite an... That hasn't been out I long. think the... Yeah, the Beetle... Well, mate, I think it's been out a little while now. Um, the Beetle has been out a no, long time, but the flavoured ones, mm -mm. or Thalmatin B or something. No, you're on about black and blue pot shots from Solo. Ooh. Do you remember those little pot shots? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I do. God, that's a... I wasn't on about... But that is... Really brought back some memories. Eh? It's got like like the grey matter going. Yeah, Solar. They Solar did some freaking great flavors. Um, they did these little pot shots. Were like these little. They were smaller than film canisters, weren't they? Oh yeah. They were like straight sided, snap on lid. Oh man, I wish I had those left. I had quite a few of those. Wish I'd kept them. I probably gave them to you, didn't I? You know what? You did give me a few. I've they're long gone, but yeah, I think I did get a couple. Where have they gone? Oh mate, I'm thrown away. I imagine. Oh, why would you do Used, that? Used, thrown away. Probably Ruffle. worth a fortune. But yeah, no. Yeah, they're long gone, mate. Long gone. I remember back in the day, you used to use the Nash uh, strawberry palatant for your plastics. Yeah, you went for a phase of that. It's a good one. Um, Pretty sure I saw Jim Shelley posted something about using that for his plastics. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Do we need to to address this again? Like you shouldn't use old bottles of flavor because they oxidize, they denature. Yeah, you want fresh flavors. You definitely don't want ones that are like ten years old. It's just no. It's really really bad. Fresh is always best. But yeah, you're right, mate. Next question. I'm going to say from someone who probably doesn't listen <laughs> to all of the podcasts, uh, Tyler, uh, how you have an amazing son. <laughs> I do have an amazing son. Yeah. Yeah. Is he listening? Is he a keen listener? Tunes in every time, mate. <laughs> That's yeah, nice of him, him to contribute, wasn't it? Yeah, I love him. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Good lad. Um, Theobald, 18. Base mix formulation. Do's and don'ts. 
this, I believe, is the... Uh, we have two generations of Theobolds listening to us. Which, which we, we've got uh, like a father and a son, Theobolds. Which one is this? Oh. Does it say? Well, it's just the Theobold 18. Is that the younger one? Is he 18 years old? I guess so. don't know. Don't yeah, know. go on. What's the question? Base mix formulation, do's and don'ts. Oof. Don't overcomplicate things. Keep it. Don't overcomplicate them. Yeah, I had a little burp. Don't overcomplicate things. Keep it simple. Are you putting everything in there for a reason, or are you just putting it in because you're confident you've used it in a previous bait and you kind of want to put it in this Mm. bait as well? You know, I think keep it simple. Have a have a plan in mind and go with it. Um, Any do's and don'ts for you? Yeah, I mean just. to to strip it back and go simple, I mean, don't have too many soluble ingredients because it's going to disintegrate or not roll. Um, don't have too little binders. You know, you need an adequate amount of binders in there so it rolls together. I suppose there's the actual like construction side of it, isn't there? Um, mm-hmm. Like you need binders in there. You need a soluble aspect in there. Um, you need it to roll. You need it to be not too sticky so it'll actually go on the tables or through the machine. Like, all these things can seem secondary, but, like, you formulate a uh, a mix and then you're going to be rolling 20, 30, 40, 50-plus kilos of it a week or a fortnight. You're soon going to get fucked off if it's a really sticky mix and it's a bastard to work with. You know, a slight tweak could not affect its, you know, potential to catch carp and and give carp nutrients but it can make all the time you know in the rolling process couldn't it mate absolutely um you know all about that because i like a stiff mix and you freaking hate it don't you? <laughs> hate it rolling your stiff mix yeah yeah we used to we rolled a bait together and i liked that particular bait stiff like very dry i think it worked it was better um but yeah you should drive you mad, didn't it? Yeah, we ended up just doing two batches because it was a fucking bitch to roll and I'd happily <laughs> have a wet mix and just gun it out and roll mine <laughs> easy and then yours would just be a slog. <laughs> like the compressor didn't like it, the gun didn't like it, the rolling tables got fucked up. <laughs> it was, that was a mammoth compressor as well, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. ridiculous industrial level shit. Yeah. Good times. Uh, good times. Mm. Cool. Okay, so uh, SOXian, we know Ian. He's a long-time listener as well. This question sort of blends in quite well with what you're talking about in Synergy. Uh, he asks, Synergy, which ingredients slash flavours work together? Um, again, with base mixes, I've got this weird thing. and Something I'm convinced that work really well together is a good quality yeast powder and molasses. I think they work really well together in a bait. I think you can use that with a fish meal. I think you can use it with a bird food, with a nut bait. Many different applications. I think the two of them work together in many different bait applications. It's it's sugar and yeast, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a good combo. Yeah, have you got anything? No. You, you've always... You, like, You've always uh, banged the drum of molasses as well, haven't you? Like, you've yeah. always been an advocate for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I just, yeah, I am, mate. Confidence in it, confidence. And I say the last recent period of my bait making, 
sort of molasses has gone over to to the honeys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've got anything you want to talk about with synergy, there, mate? Yeah, synergy is a real thing. There's like with certain flavor blends, I would go to a certain essential oil. Not necessarily what we, what has been used historically, because we're all kind of guilty of that, aren't we? But some things do just work better with other things, for sure. Um, like the things that that jumps to mind for me is essential oils and certain flavors and certain esters. Like I think they. Certain combinations definitely seem to do better. And it stands to reason, you know, things complement each other. I don't like comparing carp food to human food, but let's just do it. You know, it's gravy and roast potatoes goes really well together. Um, But gravy and mayonnaise isn't very nice. Um... But yet you have, I've done that, I've done a real bad job of explaining this. Let's say chips and mayonnaise. I love chips and mayonnaise, right? So potato and mayonnaise. Uh, Roast potato and gravy, great together. Would you have gravy and mayo together? No, it's just not going to be very nice, is it? I think as well, despite, you know, what works with what for attraction and taste, I think as well you've got to look at um, release time of attractiveness. And again, I I spoke about this earlier. Um, I think you want a combination of things in that hook bait or feed bait that are active for as long a period as possible. So if a fish does come across that bait 48 hours after it's been put in, there's still something there that's causing it to be attractive rather than, you know, all of your, let's just say your only attraction is an EA flavor and it's going to leak out like pretty damn quickly. You know, if you're expecting your bite to come 24 hours after you put your rod out, uh, you know, you don't want to be reliant just upon an EA flavor and some highly soluble ingredients. You know, you want something that's going to stay in the bait for longer. So I think synergy in terms of um, attraction window is really important as well. Like You want it to be attractive straight away as well. In the same respect, you don't want something that's only going to be attractive after being submerged for ages. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Great question, like huge topic. That's probably just one podcast in in just that, isn't it? Well, certainly, yeah. it could be. If we really went into it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and like you say, synergy is not just sort of flavors and ingredients, is it? It's a, no. A, so how about many. this synergy in between the reactivity of the ingredients in the water environment, not just temperature, but. Um, Let's say you've got a, a very, you're in a very hard water area. There's certain things, I won't go into it too much because we might do something further down the line. Um, but if you're in a hard water area, soft water area, certain things you can use in your bait, which will, you know, really help you out um, mm-hmm. in terms of attraction and the willingness of carp to feed. And that is how that substance let's call it or that thing reacts with the water quality that it's in you know that that's synergy of sorts isn't it so yeah i guess like that's a good message isn't it without sounding too happy clappy but like think about the synergy of what you're doing in all levels not only the ingredients that you're putting together but the water that you're putting it in uh, the time of year that you're using it 
the time frame that you're using it in, um, what kind of substrate you're putting it over. It's like how your bait and your bait ingredients react with the environment. I think that's that all comes under the umbrella of synergy, doesn't it? It's all really important. Mm, yeah, big topic. One of those ones you could blend everything into it, can't you? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Have we um, answered it okay, though? I want to make sure I answer this this well. I think so, mate. Um, Rossi Cop 1 has come at us with, can you use a bait to target certain fish, e.g. old fish, mirrors, or commons? So obviously when we had Stephen on um, for his two, two podcasts, um, he went in depth about this and how he was targeting older fish, mirrors and commons. Um, and I know certainly we've spoken about it in the past, haven't we, with my ability to only catch commons <laughs> on a certain bait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm fucking pissed right now, just to let you, mm. let you let everyone know. <laughs> okay. Um, so basically, I think Stephen was really... Um, it's a fascinating episode, really worth listening to, Rossi, if you haven't listened to it. Um, he certainly believes that commons are more sort of predatory, more sight feeders, uh, so lighter coloured baits were um, attractive uh, to commons, and that's how he targeted them. Um, and then he sort of also really goes into detail how, how he was targeting some of the older fish there uh, and some of the some of the mirrors as well. I think the older fish in that particular water he was talking about happened to be mirrors, whereas the commons were maybe the younger fish. To be honest, I'd need to re-listen to go back into that, but I would certainly say to go and listen to that episode. Um, I've caught a lot of commons uh, on a nut bait previously, uh, which sort of tied into what Stephen was saying about a light-coloured bait and being sort of more predatory feeders, sight feeders. Um, I was convinced at the time, again, it was to do with the molasses. Uh, the molasses I was using in that particular bait, I think, is a very, very... Um, if you were to target commons, I would certainly look at using molasses in your bait because I'm certain uh, they find it appealing, more so than mirrors. If Stephen's saying, I don't doubt the guy at all, but if he's saying, oh, okay, light-coloured baits he's picking out the commons because it's a sight thing someone say on the water part on the cots of water park could could listen to that and be like shit okay well i'm i'm targeting a big common i'm going to use light baits i'm going to use like a nice kind of you know um pale sandy colored bait yet they're fishing over sandy colored gravel and actually that bait is anything but bright or stand outish it's actually really blending in so again, it go back to Ian's question about synergy. It's like if you're fishing, you know, whitey, yellowy baits over some silt, then yeah, it's a high visual bait, isn't it? Um, if you're fishing a real dark fish meal over gravel, that's a high visual bait. You know, like bright yellow pop-ups. People think of them as high vis, don't they? Mm -hmm. You know, if you put one of those over gravel put it next to a dark fish mill like the fish mill i use r1 that's like a dark gray kind of color put them next to each other like the 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 what you'd think of a dull fish mill it's going to stand out way more on that gravel that sandy colored gravel so you've got to think about that the other thing i was going to mention is you said about molasses pete catching commons in your opinion what is it 
that is catching the commons in molasses? Is it the sugar? Betaine? Something else? Honestly, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Like you say, it could be the sugar content. It could be the betaine content. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it certainly picks them out. I'm convinced by it. Another thing which was sort of like playing to my theory, and I mentioned calcium chloride, which I mentioned on a few podcasts. Uh, it's not something I use really anymore, but it's something I've used over the years. Um, and you talking about soft and hard water. So the water down here is really soft. Very little dissolved solids in the water. Very little calcium in the water. Um, and obviously, commons have a lot of scales. I can only assume they're sort of... Um, the need for calcium in a diet would be more than mirrors yeah. and maybe the fact that i was supplementing that in a feed bait yeah could have been it you know i think it, you're like bang on there mate i mm, really do yeah yeah um so that's been a little theory sort of like long-standing as well um i don't really it's not something i've done across the water on or across the water on different on, across the country on different water tables uh, it's not something i've experimented with so i couldn't sort of say for certain but just a little theory in my head yeah if i was targeting a very big common i'd definitely be utilizing case here essential oil alongside some other things some of which pete have mentioned already um i mean there's a lot of essential oils that when you look at their actual makeup there's a lot of similarities have you done much with those kind of essential oils, Pete, or, or not so much? Not not huge amounts. I mean, we get uh, listeners sort of um, messaging about the cinnamon essential oils a lot. And I'll always say to them, to be honest, not something I've used to a great extent. Um, something you've used a lot, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and you yeah. were talking about the eugenol content? Yeah, eugenol. Yeah, mm. there's some other bits as well. You, you could, look, any essential oil you're interested in, Google it. Google its makeup and you will find um, these papers and graphs which will detail their makeup. Um, and then, you know, Google another one. Yeah, th this is the beautiful thing, isn't it, about the, the day and age. Where, like, all the information is out there. It's all out there. Did you ask me a question? I feel like I, you asked me a question and I've gone off on the fucking <laughs> no, way, I am really. proper pissed, by the way. Not really, mate. Um, <laughs> not really. We've got two more questions, uh, Facebook questions. Uh, so one of them from Ray, so another long-term listener. So hello, Ray. Uh, can a carp bait be too rich? Can it be too rich? Hmm. Rich in what? I don't know, but I would say too much of anything isn't necessarily a good thing. Um, mm. So the bait's got to be balanced. You, you sort of, um, if you were to think of it in human perspective, obviously, you, you know, sort of like certain food could be really rich and you'd eat it and be a bit like, oh, that's a bit much. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to put that into cart bait perspective, if I'm honest. I think the answer, the, the brief answer, I think I understand this question. I think the brief answer is, yeah, it can be too rich. Um, it just depends in what. Can it be too rich in a flavour? Yeah, like definitely. And, and and Ray knows this. Like if it's the Ray I'm thinking of, yeah, um, he knows that. Um, can it be too rich in amino acids? Whew, harder question to answer. I would say yes. I believe it can. Um, can it be too rich in organic acids? I believe yes, it can. Um, so yeah, I 
on the whole, I think, yeah, I, again, I think balance is key. Cool. Um, okay, mate. So back, well, we're on to the last question now, uh, which is from Nicky Scadden. How do you do his accent, Sam? Hey? Nicky Scadden. I don't know. No, oh, you don't. Okay. Uh, I think in a dr- drunk episode, didn't you pretend he was a scouser? Oh, is that, oh it's the scouse, isn't it? Nicky. <laughs> Nicky Scadden. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I can't read it all, mate, because of, of the way it's screenshot. But what happened to Dean's one, that was dot, 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 dot. I'm guessing we were meant to record. Oh, yeah, technical we were, fuck up. Technical fuck up. Yeah, we were recording. Um, yes, we would. We put on social media we were interviewing Dean and we we're going to release that episode. Unfortunately, the audio got fucked up. Um, we did quite a few hours with Dean, didn't we? He was on the bank as well. Yeah, it was a mess. We basically lost the audio file. But am I right in thinking that some of it's usable, which might feature in the ten-hour megathon? Some of it's usable. Whether we can actually make it coherent, put in an episode, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So yeah, watch this space. We will definitely do our best to get Dean back on. Cool. That that rounds up the questions, mate. A lot of questions. We're pretty blessed, aren't we? We get a lot of responses. Blessed? Uh, Did you really just say that? Yeah, word? mate. <laughs> Fucking. <it. laughs> We're pretty blessed. Okay, Pete. Yeah. We got a lot of listeners, no, mate. They engage with us. They like to put things to us and hear our opinions, mate. We're lucky. Yeah, I feel like we just like we do these episodes and we're pretty much just answering questions. I don't know if it's boring for people or not, but people seem to like it. Um, as long as you like it, we'll keep doing it, um, basically, won't we? Mm. Um, perhaps we should do soon a more structured episode. We'll pick a topic. Maybe, actually, a base mix formulation is, is the topic we should do. Um, but we'll pick something like that and we will literally spend a whole episode on one topic. And we will go balls deep on it. How about that? I think that sounds like a plan. That one's cropped up a lot, isn't it? People, yeah. Mm. I think, though, to be honest, uh, what is it now? What is the day? It is, as we record this, uh, it's the 25th of November. Um, The next Sam and Pete episode, it's got to be Christmas special. Are we doing a Christmas special? Yeah. We've got to, haven't we? Yeah. Got to make it fun, though. Okay. Let's do stories of times gone by. We've, mate, they just involve you and Pooh. I think we've covered them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did do an episode on it, but we, reality is if we had a scratch round, we've got so many stories. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we got some good stories. We'll, we'll do a, a Christmas special, story special type thing. That's all the questions answered. Pete, anything you want to add to this? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, we realised, like you say, we've we've recorded a couple of bits, haven't we, for the for the ten hour one of late. Yeah. Um, we haven't put any uh, anything out since the ones that we had taken down. Uh, so it's long overdue an episode, really, aren't we? Just to put something out there. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this. Um, I know I appreciate we've just been waffling on answering questions, and I'm pretty damn pissed right now. Um, but if you enjoy our podcast, if you get anything out of them. Honestly, it makes the world a difference if you could just leave us a review if you feel inclined to do so. We would really appreciate that. Um, Anyone that listens on Apple, iPhone, iTunes, um, you can leave us a review. And we read all of them. We really appreciate them. Pete, man, 
it's nice to catch up with you, dude. I feel like we haven't had a decent chat for ages. No. Um, I know we, we briefly chat about different things, but that's generally about testing different ingredients. Um, it's good to, to, to chat bait and chat fishing. And perhaps next episode, we will have a little bit more to talk about regarding our own fishing adventures. Cool. We need to make that social, mate. We need to do that. Yeah, social's been pending since April, isn't it? I think. Is it really that long? Yeah, that was oh, our last. Fuck. Was our last social like March or something? Probably. Yeah, we're bad at it. We need to get. Oh, that's the other thing we need to do. Actually, was think of it. We need to do a Carp Chronicles podcast social for our listeners. Big time. We've had a lot of questions about that. We we need to do that. Um, we can definitely make that happen. Perhaps we'll we'll rent out a lake or something. Um, and invite you all and yeah we'll get together but yeah there we go good night guys mm-hmm.